Happy New Happy Year! Happy New Year! Woo! I feel like we should pop a party popper or something. We but... didn't have any party oh, poppers. Oh um... my goodness, such a rubbish party. Oh. So anyway, we are here. Uh, I'm Sally. Hello. And I'm James. Hello. And we're from Diverse Church. And uh, we, we were thinking, because it's a new year, we, we had this great idea. James had this idea of uh, having a podcast uh, so you can feel part of Diverse Church, yep. whether you're part of us, DC and the Facebook group, or whether you're someone who is uh, not yet old enough to join us, or whether you're someone who was thinking about it, or even just someone who's like straight and, and just interested in what we do. If they still exist. If, if there's still straight people out there. Anyway. We, we have a lot of people <laughs> who need to be joining Diverse Church, so allegedly there are still some people who are not LGBT out there as well. Although we do have straight people in Diverse Church. No. We have a one or two who've really made really a great. difference to the cause, Thank and yeah. they are brilliant. We got, we're going to interview them at some point on our little podcast. Um, but we are mostly wanting to uh, make a connection with you guys and to uh, build a sort of community here. Uh, so we thought we'd start off by uh, telling you about us. And yeah, so James, like, Hello. tell us a bit about you. Like, how old are you? What do you do in life? What... Okay, so uh, I'm 21 and I'm currently working down in Wokingham and I work for some churches. I'm a youth and family worker. And I also work for some theatre, a theatre company, and we go and help kids connect with their spirituality through kind of arts that, and all those kinds of things. And you just graduated? Just from... graduated in July with a degree in maths and drama. So, such different subjects. Like Yeah, yeah well, you're not the first person to tell me that, Sally. I know, yeah. I can imagine. And um, we are sitting in my kitchen, uh, so uh, we are post-New uh, Year's Eve party and we're sitting literally surrounded by bits of New Year's Eve party and bits of brunch and uh, a whole load of other things. I've and got fruit to my left. I've got a jug of orange juice to coffee, my right. Coffee, like, uh, yeah. Still so, in my pyjamas. Yeah, you're it's looking a good... dashing Thank you, thank you. Like, it has to be said. Uh, couldn't get up and, yeah, you're, you're such a young person. You That's me, you see. Still in my student days. An early afternoon. <laughs> it's all good. So, what, what about you? So, what, what, what do you do, Sally? Let's so, pretend we don't know anything. Ah, about yes. So, James and I have known each other for six, eight months. Feels like a long time. From Easter. From Easter, yeah. From when Easter. when, when yeah. Diverse Church went public. Um, so, I'm a university chaplain. Uh, I work for a university called Brunel University in the west of London. Uh, I'm part of a chaplaincy team, or I run a team of lots of different faith chaplains, and we uh, serve uh, university students in helping them to understand and explore faith and spirituality. Um, I'm an Anglican priest, that means I got ordained in the Church of England. Um, uh, what else can I tell you about me? Uh, I'm, um, I'm not going to tell you how old I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit older than you. 23. Yeah, 23 ish, ish, yeah. Just. And, uh, and uh, I set up Diverse Church um, because there were a lot of people who I met who we just needed need a community uh, who are young, uh, LGBT, and from uh, evangelical or charismatic or Pentecostal or sometimes Catholic backgrounds uh, who weren't getting the support they felt they needed within their churches. And so we set up this really uh, diverse community. <laughs> it's called that, Diverse it? Church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's ironic. And, and it's called Diverse Church because we wanted to be. Um, just a group of people who were um, not about LGBT supremacy in the church, but actually about trying to build something where all the voices are loved and heard and listened to and where we can build something definitely. dynamic together. And it's felt like that, hasn't it? Oh, definitely, yeah. For, for, straight from, you know, well, I joined Easter. It had been going for a How few months before then. Well, I was sat, I was sat revising, no, not very Seriously? successfully, and I was sat revising on on Twitter. I was revising on Twitter for my maths exams. 
And then all of a sudden, all these kind of posts started flooding out of retweets of your happy, happy Easter, diverse church. And loads of people that I was following was retweeting and saying, look at this new thing, isn't that exciting? And so, yeah, I, I followed and then kind of tweeted at diverse church, how can I get involved? And then... I messaged yeah. back. Message back, and then the rest is history. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So we're going to be here hopefully regularly. Uh, this is our first one in, as a podcast. Yeah, and we are just trying out this new idea of uh, doing things and chatting about the life of things that we're thinking about in diverse church and interviewing some of the people in diverse church about their stories and about. We've got some really great theologians and and sociologists and and youth workers and all sorts of people who have. Uh, been supportive of diverse church and they're even involved in DC um, and we thought it would be a great opportunity to sit around the kitchen table invite you to join us around our kitchen yes, table we'd offer you seats. coffee and pancakes if we could this morning but sadly technology doesn't allow that yet not yet no give us a 2016 yeah 2016 this time next year we'll be throwing coffee at you <laughs> <laughs> excellent yeah and biscuits and things like that uh, so pull up your cup of put your chair get your cup of tea and uh, come join, and join us. us for yeah, our wonderful. first ever DC so, pod. So let's kick off. Okay, so it's the first day of 2015, yeah. highlight of 2014. Uh, I, it's hard to it's say. Hard, it's a hard question. I've thrown it in there. There's been a lot of good things. Uh, I, I I particularly like the selfie photo that on the Oscars. I thought that was oh, a big highlight. That that is that was awesome. That's up there, isn't it? Some great music. Liza Minnelli trying to jump up from behind oh, and not quite awesome. making it. No, yeah, I I, I thought it was yeah. Uh, what else? Diverse Church has been pretty massive for my yeah. My that's life. kind of been something that you've done, isn't it? Over 2014, that's kind of a li- little thing. But it's yeah. grown, I think, from feeling like there isn't much out there and like you're alone if you're LGBT and evangelical to feeling like there's this. People talk about like joining Narnia, finding Narnia. Yeah, and for me as well, it's just been amazing to be part of this community and see so many really amazing people just come on board and be part of it. Yeah. And one of the things within DC is that it's anonymous mostly. So James and I are sort of out and the world knows about. about it. But yeah, but most people in DC aren't and we want to try and create space for that. So we're going to be interviewing a lot of people without yeah, telling you who they are. In fact, today, yes, today fact. we have got somebody. Yeah. A bit later on, we're going to be talking to we are. somebody. But we thought we'd start off by talking about a little bit about life, what life was like for us in our yeah, teens and early definitely. 20s. So like, you're not, not that long ago for you. Not that long. I'm still there. I'm still living the dream. Yeah, I'm you still, are. You're still definitely I'm still in my young. early 20s. I'm clinging on. Yeah, almost teenager. So like... What was your teenage life like? Like, did you? Well, my, my teenage life was very much split, almost fifty-fifty between gay me and church me, and it was only kind of later teens, well, kind of mid to late teens, kind of sixteen, that I started to reconcile, reconcile the two, and that was with a pretty amazing encounter on a beach with Jesus Himself, uh, which uh, there's a there's a bit there's a my story is explained in more broad terms in a video yeah. in one of the diverse church videos of me drawing on a beach. But yeah, so I grew up in a Christian family, I had the Sunday school upbringing, went to church on the Sundays, but that was different from who I felt that I truly was. But it was actually through through meeting Jesus and kind of reconciling with the Bible and with me, that actually who I was, was the joining of those two things. And do you think, I mean, you talk a lot about how that moment in particular has changed the rest of your mm, life. And definitely. like, it was almost like a moment of grace or... Like oh, can, so much grace. You can sometimes tell when people, it doesn't necessarily have to be a moment, but you can tell when people have had an experience yeah. of the grace of God that something a bit different about them. They're yeah. like, they, 
I think maybe it's this sense of grace for other people, grace for themselves, a sense of God's... I don't know. How yeah. would you describe it? I don't know. Well, one thing that I absolutely love, and what I love about Diverse Church, is that it's all so story-driven. Mm. And everyone has got a story to tell. Every testimony is special, because every testimony is the way God has been with you. Yeah. And so if you say, oh, my testimony is not worth sharing, you're kind of going, actually, Jesus didn't do it for me. Yeah. And I just think they're absolutely wonderful. So on a Friday, it's just so, so I amazing. I love those Friday tweets. Uh, I just think to hear people's stories and also to see people change throughout the day when they suddenly realise that their story's worth sharing. Oh, and that so much. people can be helped by their story. And yeah, I think stories, telling your story, particularly a story of, of how God's helped you in your life. Um, is really powerful and has been for like the whole of history really yeah um, 2000, for 2000 years the early church were really into um, this idea of storytelling and there's this passage in the bible isn't there about um, how they in the revelation they talk about they overcame the evil one by the blood of the lamb and the, the power of their testimony and there is something about sharing your testimony of God's grace in your life which yeah. has power and genuinely does make a difference so keen on that yeah so what about you what about you? Well, if you can cast your mind back you know, to your teenage years. Well, take one like oh, I'm really so, old. Well, well, you know. I'm not that old, <laughs> listeners. Um, but I think it was a very different world when I was growing up. There wasn't really a context for yeah. discussing. It, it wasn't really even on telly. Like, I, seriously, I remember when on Brookside we had the first lesbian kiss and it was a really, a like, moment. innocent little kiss yeah. that was just that. And I, I just remember watching it about ten times thinking, oh, my goodness, like, this this is the thing, yeah. like and um, uh, there wasn't really even language. But I remember having conversations with um, youth workers every couple of years, going, I, th- "I think I might be gay," and they'd be like, "Oh no, don't worry, you're you're a really nice girl, yeah. uh, you'll get over it." And I sort of went through life just thinking it was maybe just part of that, and then eventually I just was happy being. I think I, I kept found faith when I was twelve in quite a dramatic way again. Well, didn't feel that dramatic at the time, but I had a real sense that standing up in a a children's meeting that I didn't mean the words I was singing and that almost God was speaking to me saying, you don't mean what you're singing. Yeah, don't wow. sing what you don't mean. So I sat down and um, tried to work out what do I believe and decided yeah. to... It had a massive effect on me that makes me think it had to be God. So I decided to start going to church regularly. I decided to read, read the Gospels. And I think it was really the Gospels that changed my life. And like that is what I'm obsessed about, the stories of Jesus. And that's partly why I'm so obsessed about stories, because yeah, yeah, it was reading the stories of people encountering Jesus that changed my life um, and made me realise that Jesus was the most amazing person who's ever lived and I just wanted to be part of whatever Jesus was doing now. And like being part of that has been the story of my life, really. Gen- people ask me what the 10-year plan for DC is, and I genuinely <laughs> hope we don't exist in 10 years' time. I hope the church... Is as a whole is doing what we're doing in diverse church that it's being yeah. an amazingly radical community where everyone can come and bring trying to listen yeah. and understand. It's, it's and, very much, isn't it, a place of overflow? So overflow yeah. of praise, overflow of from the heart. It's just a, a place in which everything is safe and everything is yeah. accepted and everything is respected. Yeah, and and loved and oh, cared yeah, for so much. And even like sometimes with people post things that not everyone gets, there will be someone there who's like gets it more than others and wants to listen, wants to understand. Yeah. And like, and I love that. I love the fact that it's this sort of trying to engage and accept and care for. And I think that's what the church should be like. Um, and that's the Jesus I read about in the stories in the Gospels. So yeah, wow, it's exciting. It's what really a cool. What a prayer for the church. Ten years time. <laughs> 
the you church reckon? will be high expectations. Well, let, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 20, 20, 2025. 2025, we'll be doing uh, amazing holographic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won't just have coffee thrown at you. DC pod. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can like see us there, and it'll, it'll be, be awesome. Oh, gee, I don't. Not in your pajamas. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'll dress up for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm expecting a tuxedo from James of in course. 2025. Warm that shiny, probably in 2025, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, so yes. uh, yeah, um, if you want to talk to us about your questions about like anything that we're talking about. Uh, if you, we're going to have some guests on that will have special areas of interest and be experts and whatever, and we'll let you know in advance through Twitter um, what we're talking to be yeah. talk, who we're going to be talking to, and send us in any questions you've got. Otherwise, we're just going to witter on about like the sorts of things that are coming up and what yeah. we're experiencing. What excites us? But I think it's probably time for special guests. So why don't I put the kettle on? Yeah. And then when tea's ready, yeah, 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 we'll call her in. So we'll put. Pa- I'll pause the recording. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll go see. Put we'll, your own kettle on. Go and put your own kettle on, and we shall see you with tea in a second. And we're off and we're back. We've got tea. Tea, different types of tea. Different types. So let, let's see what tea. We've got, we're, oh, we're joined with two two special guests. Yes. So yeah. we've got our mystery guest that we're going to be talking to later. Say hello, mystery guest. Hello. And then we've also got Reg. Non-mystery guest. Who isn't a mystery guest because they've got a name. might change Reg's voice every single week. <laughs> we, yes. Every time we record. They might not be called Reg. No, but no, they no. are Reg. Well, they are Reg. They're Reg to us. They're Reg, Reg to us. Say hello, Reg. Hi. Hi. At least hi, Reg. <laughs> I'm Reg. Hello like, to yourself. So yeah, we've got teas. I think you can tell a lot about someone why what type of tea they drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm only she laughing. She said with her normal tea. With your normal I'm tea. Only one around the table with normal tea. Bog standards. <sighs> Bog standards. Standard Good one, Reg. Queen's tea that everyone should be drinking if you're British. What are you drinking, James? Well, I, I've gone for a herbal variety. I've got a lovely raspberry and echinacea. Because I'm, I'm a sucker for everything pink. You, you wave something pink in front of my face, an and I'm. Exmer or something like yeah. that. <laughs> I don't know. It's a lovely fruity number to. You know what they call herbal teas. I, I'm sure you're going to tell me what they call herbal teas. Well, I'll leave that to your imagination. Oh, okay. What are you drinking, Reg? Oh, delightful, Reg. Vanilla chai. Vanilla chai. Oh. Hello. Yeah. You've gone up in the world, haven't you? It's got a nice little. That's Christmassy. What about you, Christmas mystery Christmas. guest? You're on the same. Also on the vanilla chai. You're on the vanilla chai as well. Gee. So we're going to kick things off in Act Two. Oh, is it a play? Is it Act Two? Will we have an interval? Um, with, with a game. Ooh. So we're in two teams, yeah? Yeah. So we've got Sally and Reg. Yeah. And myself and Mystery Guest. And we're going to play a game that we've called. Question uh, off. We didn't think about our questions before. Exactly. Well, I, you, you you talk about your talk, talk for yourself, Sally. <laughs> I think we know who's going to lose. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're playing question off, which sounds a bit Russian, but hopefully it's fun. Not that I'm, I'm not even going to dig that hole. Uh, <laughs> okay. So anyway, our question off game is a game of quick fire questions between two different teams. And you have to fit in as many questions as you can into 30 seconds. 30 seconds? And I'm going to use my clock timer on my phone. Uh, If you want to fill in the the thing that I'm... Yes, okay. So, uh, I'm with Mystery Guest. And so, are we going to go first? Should we go first? Yeah, okay. So, uh, we're going to ask quick fire questions in 30 seconds. Who's going to keep count? Uh, The clock timer. Reg, Reg Reg can keep count. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll do the time. You do the time. Okay. Go. Okay, go. Okay, uh, fish or chips? Chips. Hot or cold? Hot. Rich or poor? Rich. Squats or lunge? 
Lunge. Oh, good choice. Uh, sequins or glitter? Sequins. Crocs or stilettos? Stilettos. Okay. Uh, Ibiza or Malibu? Ibiza. Okay. Uh, ballet or grunge? Ballet. Dirt or clean? Clean. Chicken or fish? <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> uh, the sea oh. or the sky? So, uh, uh, so what was that? Ten. Ten. Dirty Ten or clean? <laughs> <laughs> We now have an idea of who you are as a person, mystery guest. Did you? I'm not going to ask. <laughs> anyway, okay, now... Okay, um, so, mystery guest will keep count for okay. Team Sally and Reg. And Reg is going to ask the questions. No. No, Sally? Oh, right. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? A three, a two, a one, off you go. Christmas or Easter? Christmas. Christmas or chocolate? Chocolate. Uh, romance or comedy films? Comedy. Uh, blue or red? Red. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Summer or autumn? Autumn. Um, uh, uh, shepherd's pie or lasagna? Lasagna. <laughs> um, <laughs> How middle class is this? Thomas uh, <laughs> <laughs> or olives? <laughs> you have 30 seconds, you have 30 seconds up! Oh, <laughs> Oh. Does that count? That counts. Yeah. You can have hummus. That's eight. Eight is respectable. Like not eight. as respectable as ten, is it? <laughs> you were like you. Ah, oh, you okay. to I, well, well, I, I, I think... was busy doing important other things. Oh well, you know. Rabbits. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe in the future, if if this game kicks off and is quite a success, we could have competitors over the phone. Oh, yeah. So if you think, call in. If you think you can do better than either Sally and I asking the questions or Reg and Mystery Guest answering. Uh, answering. Yes. Let us know and maybe it will become a thing. I think people would be hard pushed to do better. Well, I, I think as well. Ten <laughs> questions. That's an average of like three seconds per question. Good math. Oh, you're good, aren't you? Yeah, there we go. You should give up this Chapman thing. Uh, excellent. So. <laughs> degree in maths. Yeah, that's me. Well, drama as well. Half a degree. Half a degree. You're theatrically good at ma like, like numbers. Oh, that's me. Uh, you should be Cal Carol Borderman on Countdown. <laughs> so anyway. Done it for many years. Uh, we are going to interview our mystery guest and Reg can chip in wherever Reg wants to, being non-gendered Reg. A non-gendered Reg? <laughs> We're trying to use no, gendered ones no gender. Yeah. Reg has no gender. Yeah, Reginald, Regina. So anyway, mystery <coughs> guest, it's all about you now. So, uh, tell us a little bit about what life was like for you, um, like, when you were a teenager, like, what, were you religious? Did you do anything, like, Christian-y? What was, what was life like? Okay, I grew up uh, in a Catholic church, my family are Catholic, and I always went to a Catholic school. I'm going to speak louder now. <laughs> James is like no, doing yes. louder. I'm doing charades. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think in my teenage years that was, they were punctuated by maybe some experiences of God. So I became a bit famed among my friends for any time that we went to chapel, just inexplicably sort of crying without knowing why. And it was a bit of, you know, it was a laugh. <laughs> but, um but I didn't really know um, much about Jesus, I didn't really understand that. Um, so yeah, I thought maybe that God was real, um, but I didn't know what that meant, exactly. And nice. um, what, what happened next? Because like, you moved on a little bit from there, the stories progressed. Yeah, um, so when I was um, 18, I went to university and I did want to explore more about God. 
but I didn't think that that would be um, possible for me um, because of certain other things in my life, which I guess we'll get to. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, whilst I was at university, I sort of had some experiences with God and worked out a bit more who Jesus was. And yeah, that's what changed my life really from there. What was, okay, what was the highlight? I'm asking too many questions, so everyone should check in. What, what, what was the one thing that really struck you about Jesus, about God, that made you think, I want to <clears throat> know more? Um, I don't know. I think I, um, I think just, I just had an emotional pull towards, like, just a sense that God is real. And then, to be honest, with regard to Jesus, I used to think uh, he sounded a bit um, mean and judgmental <laughs> and I was a bit scared of him. And then uh, when I was at university, I started going to a small group and we read the stories together and I sort of over time was like, oh, I really like him. He's <laughs> <And then laughs> really great. And then it's a bit inexplicable and I still feel a little bit embarrassed saying it, but I think I sort of fell in love with him. I was like, I have all these feelings towards mm. this person, Jesus. And I didn't really, I still don't really know why um, exactly, but that's what shifted, I think, where I was like, yeah, you're, you're clearly just great. What do you, <laughs> do you think about questions in all this time? Like, with, were we the cool <coughs> individuals that you know now? <laughs> yeah, um, so... Not herbal teas. <laughs> I, when I went to university, I'd had, um, I'd had a friend at school who would self-define as being evangelical, and she was actually the first person that I came out to. Which um, was awkward because I said, "Do you think it means I'm going to hell?" Uh, and she said, "Yes." Wow. Um, right, that's a... <laughs> but then, yeah, it, actually, slightly ironically, I'm pretty sure we were at a sleepover, and she was um, at my house. We were just like lying in bed, and she said it, and then we just went to sleep. That's my memory. She's saying this in a cheery way. Yeah, fairly like, well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, At least it's <laughs> Yeah, we were, we, we were about fourteen, so um, yeah. So. Um, and then actually that uh, that relationship actually just grew more and more strained, her knowing that about me and um, communicating it more widely than I wanted it to be communicated and um, just she told it. her she told the whole school. No. Um, I was open with a few more people, but yes, yeah, she kinda of did tell other people and um, yeah, it was really difficult. Ouch. <laughs> so um, I felt like I was trying to hide what I felt like people yeah. knew, or I don't know. I mean, it's a long time ago because I'm really old now. But um, yeah, that was my memory. So um, by the time I got to university, I was um, I was actually convinced that um, I didn't think you could be gay and be I didn't think you could be a lesbian and be a Christian. So I was going to be a lesbian because <laughs> that looks like more fun. <laughs> And the three people, yeah, are clearly more fun. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, having, having just been really ashamed of it in my teenage years. So when I was a teenager, I even had a boyfriend and I was like, you know, I'm a lesbian. He was like, sure. <laughs> we just carried on. <laughs> teenagers were able to hold what it together. Yeah. But I was just ready to be, I was ready to be open. And I wanted that. And so um, I was open in those first few weeks and months of university and I went to LGBT things and uh, played football a lot which I quite enjoyed um, but I wasn't very good lesbian basically I apart from the football I just didn't really find a very comfortable place to be um, because just because you share a sexual orientation doesn't really mean you share 
anything else for people necessarily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so, yeah, uh, cutting a long story short, I think I probably, in my first term, uh, just kind of chased a girl around who wasn't interested. Um, and was she straight? <laughs> no, she was straight, <coughs> yeah, but just not interested. Um, and was just like, this is a bit crap, actually. Um, sorry. <laughs> this is a bit pat. <laughs> sorry for saying a rude word. Um, and <laughs> we're fine, we're fine. Sorry, this is a bit long-winded. Um, but there was a girl... Um, who was around in my year in my college, who I particularly disliked because she was an evangelical Christian, um, probably because I projected onto her uh, this experience that I'd had with my other friend. And this girl at university was really friendly, really nice, and all of my other friends were like, why do you hate her so much? I was like, she's just horrible. <laughs> um, and then at the beginning of my second term, um, I had been going along, trying to go to some churches, um, so I think I think people who are in Christian unions are quite sensitive to anybody who might be exploring faith, and I think I gave that off <laughs> a yeah. smell, and so um, <laughs> they were like, do you want to come to church? Uh, and they would like knock on my door on a Sunday morning, and I'd be in my pyjamas, and they would be like, why don't you come to church? So I did. Um, but you I had in your pyjamas? Yeah, I went in my pyjamas, <laughs> which <laughs> people were very accepting. James yeah. is very keen on people wearing pyjamas. I am. I think <laughs> everyone's very, I think we'd have less problems in the world in if the there afternoon. was more pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> it is acceptable because it's a bank holiday. Thank you. It's kind of cool. Like, yeah. I think. You know, I'm chilling. It's all good. I'm on holiday. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. No, it's fine. So you're in church. Uh, so I went to, um, I guess, what you would now, what I didn't know, but was a fairly conservative church. And actually, I went uh, to, I went two times. And the second time I went, they were talking about sexuality and they talked about um, how homosexuality was wrong. Um, and <clears throat> so I was like, okay. So I went to the guy at the end and was like, if you, um, if you're struggling with that what should you do? <laughs> and I was pretty much in tears and he, it was pretty naff because he was just like, well, there are some groups that can help you. Uh, and I guess they are what I would now understand to be like reparative therapy groups where mm. they sort of... What does reparative therapy mean? <clears throat> um, I think my understanding of it is that you can sort of um, become not gay, become, become straight and... Um, and I googled this group that he had told me and actually the group had kind of split off because some people had decided that you couldn't be not gay anymore. But anyway, I was googling this and I remember my friend saying to me, like, what are you doing? Like, you can't change this thing about yourself. And I was like, you don't know <laughs> what's possible. So there's all this going on. And then this girl, um, sorry, I'm, lots of threads to this story. Um, the girl that I didn't like at all in the second term of university um, moved in opposite me, which was obviously... Uh, I was not impressed with. Oh no! Um, and she would always be really, really nice. My arch nemesis, who'd done nothing at all apart from be really nice. And um, she one day, um, she was pretty. Um, she was pretty. She was pretty. <laughs> I never. No, there was nothing there. But she, um, she was very pretty. She's very beautiful. And so now your uh, wife. <laughs> yeah. Now we're married. No, um, but she was like, uh, "Do you? Uh, do you believe in God?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do." And she, one day we were just talking, and she said. Um, you know, like you know, you can like. I said, but I can't. I can't like be a Christian. I can't be have a relationship with God. And she was like, well, why not? And I couldn't bring myself to explain. I couldn't say the words. So I had sent off for all this uh, literature from the groups that I'd been directed to, and I was like, I can't tell you. I can't tell you, but I'll try and show you. So later that evening, I stuffed all the leaflets <coughs> that I got about reparative therapy <laughs> through her under her door, and. Um, 
what I didn't know then, but what I now know, is um, that she got them through and she cried because she had prayed to God because uh, she didn't know what she thought about any of it. So she prayed to God, let me never have to face this <laughs> only a few weeks earlier. Um, uh, and uh, she knocked on my door and was like, I don't know any of the answers, but I don't. This, you're fine and you can have a relationship with God. And I just took that and was like, okay. So I went along to her group and that's where I we would read the Bible together. And it was pretty like geeky. And I was like, we're singing, singing songs with a guitar and... I only really stayed because there was one guy there who later became a really good friend of mine, just like acting too cool for school. And I was oh, like, yes. okay, there's someone here that's cool because all of you other people are really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Singing and praying and like, I don't know what, but I wanted to go back. I really wanted to go back and I kept going and going and going. And then I, um, yeah, I sort of felt, I think I fell in, yeah, I did fall in love with Jesus in that context. That's a long answer to your very short question. No, no, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. really great story. Yeah, well, not story, true. Yeah. True story. True, true story. Yeah. True story. <laughs> That's the one thing about and that story. Fiction, it's yeah. true. Stories can Wonderful. be true. <laughs> Stories can be true. As we've just demonstrated. Exactly. So, but like, so fast forward like <laughs> a number of years um, and you discovered Diverse Church and what, what was that like? Um, yeah, I mean, it is quite a few years later. Um, so, and I have basically, when I became a Christian, although I experienced grace from this friend, I kind of put my sexuality back in the box, so I went kind of back in the closet, if you like, really, and everybody that I told mutually, without us, anyone saying anything, we all agreed that we would just pretend that that wasn't a thing. So, um, because I still felt very ashamed, and also that I would be exposed. Um, so I made sure that I wore skirts and that kind question, of question thing. From Rage, yeah. Question from Rage. Question from Rage. I just yeah. was really struck when you were talking about when you were 14, your friend said, oh yeah, you'll be going to hell. And we sort of laughed about it, but I wonder how much that hung over you, really. Whether at the time mm. you thought, oh, mm. of course I'm not, mm. or whether it was something mm. you consistently kept returning to, like, is it actually going to happen? Or whether that's something you're reconciled with, and where do you sit with that now? Uh, I definitely thought if I acted on anything, then, yeah, that was, mm. that God should be angry. Um, I thought there was something wrong with me, um, I think. I... I think I was well able to identify that just as in all of us, when we fancy someone or feel attracted to them, it's both a really healthy and good thing. And also, I think inevitably comes out of a like, sense of like lack in ourselves, which is okay and fine as well, but I was always like, there's something wrong, like you only want to be with another woman because you're somehow think you're deficient as a woman and all of that stuff. Um, so... Yeah, so um, just in terms of the answer to that question, the reason that I ended up a few like, years later getting in contact with Diverse Church was because I couldn't reconcile all the things that I knew about God, who I consistently found to be kind and unconditionally loving and good, with this idea that the thing that I really wanted, he was somehow, I don't know, disgusted by or mm. would punish me for, I couldn't. And I, and I was just like, this can't be right. Like, this can't be right that everything else in my life, God is not angry. And in this aspect, he's angry. Um, so that's... So, and where I am now is... Um, I don't... I don't believe that God is angry with people because they're gay. And I don't think he... Um, yeah, I think he affirms... I think if I, I I think God affirms same sex relationships. I think I do think that um, it's a different yeah 
And how does that affect your worship, like, down the years, how your view of God, like, must have been quite a complex thing. You must have, like, had moments where you're like, wow, God's amazing, God's so loving. Mm -hmm. And then moments where this sort of quiet whisper would come back, or Mm. did it affect worship, and how has it affected it to reconcile that? Mm. I think it did, and then I I wouldn't have noticed it until it got towards the end where I was like, yeah, it does affect that I just think there's an angry God, like deep down and how that has changed is is feels like a second conversion it feels like oh my goodness you are totally loving and I've been able to bring my desire you know my attraction to other people into conversation with my attraction with my desire for God and they're Mm. in conversation and he is present and so I write in a journal every day and most days it's just like I'm crazy, and these are the crazy things I think, and I just think God is just like, and I love you, I love you, and um, so for me now, I feel like all I, this is going to sound really religious, and I don't mean it to, but all I want to do is worship God, because I'm so grateful, because I get it, that I don't, I'm not judged. Um, It's a massive change, isn't it, from believing that, like, I don't think people really can get it unless you've lived for years with this quiet rumour, the murmur going that maybe you're not fully accepted or maybe God doesn't, God loves everyone else but you less or that you might be going to hell. And then suddenly this release of realising it's not and when the penny drops, mm. it's hard to convey to someone who hasn't had that, for whatever reason, not just because you're... LGBT or whatever, but to have that sudden realisation that God loves you more than you thought he did. Yeah, it's, mm. it's amazing. And <coughs> I think I realised as well, I've become a really brittle person and I was like, well, I don't need to be in a relationship because I am really self-sufficient. And it, it made me cold, colder to my friends and I judged people who had desire. Like, And I just, I was just cut myself off from desire. And now I'm like, oh, I'm just like full of desire and every day is a conversation with God about the way that that can be turned towards him. You mentioned mm. something about reading and thinking a lot about that. What, what have you learnt about desire and God and holiness? Um, Feel free anyone else to choose. Yeah. About, like, <laughs> Reg? <laughs> <laughs> I defer to you, Reg, in this regard, in all matters of desire. <laughs> Reg is an expert. <laughs> Well, I was saying to you earlier, actually, in conversation about um, Philip Sheldrake's book, Befriending Our Desires, was really helpful to me, um, even before I was thinking about or reflecting on my sexuality, just in terms of coming to terms in my late teens, early 20s and things, as a sexual being, really, as someone who has desires and recognises it as something that's part of all that you are, and it's part of your spiritual journey as well, and that it's not something separate Mm. from that. And I think um, engaging with that thinking... I think respecting that part of you, respecting mm-hmm. yourself as a person and your body, mm-hmm. and that these things aren't some, these aren't a problem to be solved <laughs> um, mm-hmm. in order to become more holy, but they're actually the way to holiness. Mm-hmm. Mm, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not being like some desires are okay and some aren't. I feel like I feel yeah. like a big thing is like you're not you're not a pervert. Like that's a joking. Like yeah. you're not whatever whatever. Your desire, like there's nothing, and I feel like I'm able to speak that to my friends and be like, "What you want, like you don't. This doesn't need to be hidden. Like mm-hmm. you can bring it, bring it 
before God because I think you'll find that he has an answer that's beyond your imagination. I'm often amazed at the grace of, like when we, when we bring something we're really ashamed of before mm. God and it's a bigger quest for holiness, it's a bigger quest for seeking the good of yourself and other people and the honouring of God than you could have imagined at the same time as being more encompassing and mm. less squashing of who you are mm. than mm. you could have imagined as well. Like it, It's really... Uh, there's this great line that C.S. Lewis says about... Um, uh, he's talking about the end of time, and he says, and now by God's grace I shall become myself. And this idea that it should liberate you to be fully who you are, more who you are, and, and not repressing part of that, but actually bringing it to the right context, mm. the right place, and... The, mm -hmm. and not feeling dirty about it, but mm. actually having a space for mm. it to be resurrected. And Some, somehow in denying it, you're denying God the power to be present and to transform. Like mm. you're like, well, you don't get to have that because I. It's just actually, it's denying grace because it's like, well, I'll, I'll manage that God. Don't worry about that. Uh, whereas he's like, no, I want to manage. <laughs> and I think it's, I don't know, like a deep sense of like, there's nothing. There's nothing I've done to earn his love. There's nothing I've done to save myself. Everything that I have is a gift. Everything, including my sexuality. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a massive need to break the taboos. Like we were talking about this earlier about like how just it's become something sexuality and sex in general. Like not just about being LGBT, but all of it is something we don't tend to feel we can talk about. We can't bring to a discussion without it being really heavy and let's, you know, mm -hmm. have some sort of deep. What it, like yeah. intense whatever but, but actually being able to bring it to a normal conversation with other Christians and with other people who want the best of God yeah. and want our whole lives to be surrendered to God and resurrected by God yeah. and actually do, discussing it in the context of honesty and grace yeah. uh, is so needed not just for yeah. the LGBT staff not just everyone. for diverse church but yeah, everyone yeah. Yeah. and it, we were saying weren't we that like James and I were having a little chat and saying that maybe this is one of the areas that, that we can help be part of the thing for the whole wider church is being able to have a discussion about stuff that's been made to be about being sexual beings and mm. beings that desire and mm. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so much bad that's been done purely because things have been hidden away and locked away. And it's when you bring stuff into the open, actually, you can see the light and it can mm. be changed and it can mm. be used for glory. And yeah, it's just, I found when I was coming out and going through all that stage, actually coming out to God, despite the fact he knew it already, but getting into a point where I could openly talk about sex with oh, God mm. was such an important step. Yeah. And that, that would have been an important step whether I was straight or gay or bi or whatever. Mm. Because getting to a point in your life where you can talk about intimate things with God mm. is ultimately what Jesus died for, mm. you know, so that you can actually have these conversations mm. about mm. everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I was like living with so many, for so many years just feeling utterly ashamed that I would ever be attracted to anyone. Yeah. Yeah, to the point where I'd just forgotten what it was like to be attracted to anyone because I'd stopped myself doing mm. it. And then one of the challenging things about being in diverse church is like you open up that and my friend said to me, you might feel like a teenager again. And I was like, oh my God, I hope not. But, uh, <laughs> <And> <laughs> but that's, that's some of the reality. <laughs> no, that's some of the reality. Yeah, I'm definitely. like, oh, this is chaotic. And, but then, but then I've, I feel like God's in that. He's like, well, where am, I? where am I in this? Can you find me? And what is it? Like, can you see how the things you want yeah. Like how I'm in that, I'm in your desire, which isn't to say that, you know, I'm not sinning all the time, <laughs> you know, like, but that's what I'm reconciled to. I'm reconciled to the fact that I'm sinning all the time and that ever, much of what I want is off kilter, but much of what I want is also, is I'm made in the image of God, is also full of 
God, and I'm that's the way I'm fundamentally wired. Right, yeah. God. DC is like really messy at times. <laughs> There's definitely moments where I'm like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? And I think it's that creating space for a bit of mess, and actually that we are all trying to head towards a place where we're more Christ-like, mm-hmm. and doing that whilst holding this very diverse group of people and all these experiences that yeah. are very mm-hmm. different and trying to nudge us towards a place where we're genuinely engaging with Christ and bringing mm-hmm. everything into the light of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting journey. Yeah. Like, it's a really interesting It's so interesting. It's, it's kind of like high school musical banter, isn't it? We're all in this <laughs> yeah. together. And like, and it feels like everyone goes back to puberty again. Like, like literally. <laughs> and then like, yeah. like, the first time we had a, a weekend away... Uh, oh, I remember it well. Yeah, like at Easter, it feels like a long time ago. Came out in spots ago. and all sorts. So back, <laughs> back again, greasy hair. I like seriously, like you, like um, our mystery guest Anne Red went went at it, um, but like, but, but we were at it. But I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but I say just just to cap fact, say that they, they weren't part of the thing I'm about to say. But like, and, like, and I might not have been either, depending on what I was about to say. <laughs> Like, but it was that, I, the weather changed. So, like, I messaged out to the group coming. I was like, actually, it's going to be really sunny, whereas we thought it was going to be really cold. And loads of people were like, oh, I've got to change my wardrobe. Oh my yeah. goodness! Like, I was part of suddenly, that. Yeah, I was like, one of those comments. Rethink it through. And yeah, of course you do. It's like the first time you go on a, I don't know, church youth group yeah. weekend away, and you're suddenly thinking there might be someone there who I might fancy. Because we've sort of closed down that part. Yeah, of ourselves. exactly. And you're yeah. like, well, I shut. I stopped doing this when I was 15. So, and then you resurrect it, and it's yeah. kind of just. You can be a lot older than fifteen and like still dealing with things like, and it's definitely been it's an interesting journey that we're going on together. I think sort of realizing that actually like we're that we can be very together in most of the parts of our lives, but there's this area that still needs thought and processing because we just haven't had time to process it with everyone else when they were, you know, fancying yeah, their other people. But I also think that's just true for people generally, like who gets to, who gets as they get into their 20s and 30s to have honest conversations about their desires because it's not acceptable to be chaotic it's not actually acceptable to be a mess before like Jesus at the cross is it, re- is it really like you know and yeah. that's the privilege that we have and it has changed in me like I am becoming less judgmental as a result and on some days I get a bit panicky being like oh my you know <laughs> am I just anything goes now and I'm like yeah anything goes for you because I don't get to judge you that's the thing I don't get to do but I don't there's a great moment in the Narnia books where Aslan says to I think it might be Lucy who's like she's like what did you say to such and such about something they've done wrong and he's like I only tell you your own story and that's in diverse church like there's not there is no normative, there's yeah. just Jesus. Like that's just it and you don't like which isn't to say there aren't ethics and you know all that. But yeah, we had this thing recently where um we did a panel discussion at the University I work at with the LGBT Society, the secular LGBT Society in the CU and James was in it. <laughs> and um um, someone in the LGBT sock said, you know, I'm uh, put up their hand and said, Look, I'm pansexual, like I uh, that pan someone is uh, no not pansexual, um, polyamorous. polyamorous, that's the word. Um, and they asked the panel, what, what, is, what does your God think about that? Like, what does that mean? And um, sitting there, totally bricking it, thinking, how are we going to respond to this group of 50% Evangelical Christian Union students and 50% secular LGBT societies to this question? Mm-hmm. And I think, James, you said something like, um, we ask people who don't experience the feelings we experience to let us read the Bible yeah. and try and follow mm-hmm. Scripture and follow Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and try and encourage us in doing that rather than tell us what their version of yeah, yeah. what they think scripture is telling us is. And so um, your advice to her was that you would want to encourage her to read scripture and engage with it mm-hmm. and that you would support her in yeah. uh, following what she believed following Christ mm-hmm. is within that mm-hmm. and to do that within a community of, of people mm-hmm. um, but not to, not to feel that she has to accept the views of mm-hmm. people who don't experience what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's brilliant, <coughs> absolutely brilliant. I'm like, oh my goodness. It was so a Jesus nice. moment, that's why I can't remember what <laughs> yeah. I said now. Yeah. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wrapping up, yeah. Um, like what? What would uh, miss me guess? What would be your message to the world right now after you go, you've got things a platform. that you've talked about? Message, this. Yeah. Your message to the world. Go the on. The world is listening. But, but like, what, what have you learned that if you could snap your fingers and everyone out there knew and understood one thing, and it doesn't have to be like your life message, but just what you've learned in the last few weeks and reflecting on the sorts of things you've been talking about in the last few minutes. Uh, I think the thing would be just that God is totally in love with people like he's totally in love with us and that is always the starting point and like that that's the compass like I, mean, I don't know maybe there isn't a map or like but that's that's the thing that I would say to anybody you know like wonderful god loves you there we sounds go. good snap the fingers good way to let finish. it be known there you go. amen sister well thank <laughs> you for joining us listeners yes thank you and, uh, and we yeah. will be back shortly. Yeah, maybe. Let, let us know what you enjoyed. What you, you know, what, we want it to be a thing that we... I loved Reg. We do together. There we go. Reg, you're Reg can stay. Thank you, Reg. Thank you, Reg. And thank you, mystery guest as well. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. And thanks for listening. And we'll hopefully see you be in soon. contact. Yeah. yeah. Stay happy. <laughs> stay happy. Stay gay. Diverse. Stay diverse. Stay gay. <laughs> I did it that out.